Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, and welcome to Scout the Game Week. Scout the Game Week is Fantasy Football Scout's weekly podcast, brought to you by the Scout Network. In each episode, we will look back at the game week we have just played to assess what we can learn to help us in the next round of fixtures. I'm Ryan from Football Chatbox. Let's scout the game week. This week, I'm joined by Brett, FPL Shake and Bake on Twitter. Thanks so much for joining me today. How did Game Week 1 treat you? Um, it was mixed results for me and um, my my own team did quite well. I got 79 points. I was really happy with that. Um, Harlan and Salah did really well. I had Edison, Gabriel and Trippier getting me clean sheets, which is also nice. And then uh, I had goals from Martinelli and Callum Wilson too. Um, but I was in the doghouse with my son. So my six-year-old really got into FPL towards the end of last season. Yeah. Um, we went out for lunch on Friday and had a massive, well, not a massive value, but he was determined that he wanted to captain Eric Dyer. Um, oh, oh, it paid off somewhat. I, I t- well, no, I told him no, and I convinced him to yeah. go for Jesus. And so, yeah, he's not happy that he's lost out on some points from Eric Dyer. Oh, um, no. I think I'm just going to have to just let him get on with it, because towards the end of last season, he was beating me every week. And now ah. I've tried to help him, and it's not worked out well for him. He, he, he's going he's gonna, to uh, make sure that he remembers this when it comes to game week two. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I might just need to do his password to his mom and just let her do it. Whatever he wants to do. Fair enough. What score did he end up on? Uh, so he ended up with forty-four points. Oh. Uh, so, so not great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Would have would have got over fifty. Yeah. Um, about the average if if he'd have had Dyer as captain, and I still wouldn't tell him to captain Eric yeah, Dyer, but he'll yeah. probably want to do it this yeah. week. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, all right. Let's get um. Let's actually, now that you've spoken about Game Week 1, let's have a look at what happened in Game Week 1. So let's start with the season opener, right? Arsenal came away with a hard-fought victory against Crystal Palace. But, like you mentioned, Gabriel Jesus, he didn't repay his high ownership. Um, you also own Jesus. Are you keeping faith? Uh, definitely. Um, I know we didn't get the returns on Friday, but I was really impressed with how he played. I thought he was sort of, his hold-up play really impressed me. And I, I was surprised at how strong he looked as well. Um, obviously, he's playing in a different role for Arsenal than he was for Man City. But yeah, he, he was really impressive. And um, he seemed to be like the focal point of the attack. He linked up with Zinchenko and Martinelli quite well down the left-hand side. Um Another day, he walks away with a goal or an assist. I mean, that shot he had that got saved and then the Martinelli miss. If Martinelli puts that in, which he should have done, that, that's a, an assist for him and an attacking return. And I think people would be silly to get rid of him at the minute. Um, 
that Arsenal game for me, despite having Martinelli, was quite frustrating. Um, I had Zinchenko in most of my drafts since he moved to Arsenal, um, but then I replaced him with Gabriel, um, mainly because of like how bad Palace and Leicester can be defending set pieces. Yeah. So it really frustrated me when it was Zinchenko getting the header from the corner for the assist. Um, so the logic was there. Um, it was just the wrong player that they fouled to this week. Um, but hopefully Gabriel can take advantage next week against Leicester. Hmm. Yep, fair enough. Because both Leicester and Palace are weak to set pieces. Um, and I mean, you did your research. Unfortunately, in terms of the yeah, player that ended up on way. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> was the wrong player. Um, Martinelli, like you mentioned, he could have had an, like could have had another goal as well with the shot that is cuffed. Um, Gabriel yeah. Jesus maybe should have had another assist if Mart- he passed the ball to Martin Odegaard and then Odegaard really didn't take that yeah, shot. Yeah, why do you think shoot was frustrating, wasn't it? He mm. was through a goal and then, yeah, he tried to find Martinelli, but yeah, he was clear. He just, he just needed to shoot there, I think. Yeah, fair enough. So a couple of missed opportunities, but I myself, I think I'm keeping uh, Jesus as well. It's also probably too early to just be reactionary right now to say of, of one game week's result, um, whether we should keep a player or get rid of a player. So, I mean, we'll wait, see how the next couple of games are as well. Um, yeah, I think if he, if, if he hadn't looked sharp and yeah. hadn't have looked involved, then maybe there was a case. But from how he played, I think returns will come. Yeah. And possibly even as soon as this week, um, I, I wouldn't recommend anybody get rid of him. Yeah, fair enough. Um, moving on. Um, Salah. Now, Salah continues his recent um, history of scoring an opening goal, sorry, scoring on the opening game week, but most managers might have been interested in which third Liverpool asset would be the best choice to earn. Um, There was a lot of talk in the committee with regards to Robertson, uh, Luis Diaz, even Darwin Nunes. And for me, in that game, as soon as Darwin Nunes came onto the pitch, he kind of changed the game. Um, what did you think about his performance and do you think he's probably now the best or third best Liverpool asset? I think it's you can't not be impressed with how he was not only Saturday but in Charity Shield when he came on as well mm-hmm. um, I think he's, yeah like I say he really changed the game for Liverpool gave him a whole new dynamic to their attack um, but I'd probably still go with Robertson and Diaz ahead of him um, I just think at the minute he's not quite going to get the minutes. I think Klopp will be quite cautious with mm. how he bases him into the team. Um, and I thought Diaz was actually quite unlucky on Saturday. Um, he hit the post. He, yeah, he was on the end. He had a few few decent efforts. He, he was really involved. Uh, I think another day he could have walked away with a double-digit haul. Um, if Nunes does start, though, then he does nullify Diaz a bit. Yeah. I think sort of once he was on, Diaz wasn't as involved, he wasn't, didn't look as threatening, um, just due to the positions Darwin was taking up. Um, so, yeah, you could, and obviously you could go with more options with that 8 million midfield spot. So, yeah, you could potentially make it there. But I think currently I, I would still go Robertson um, as my ideal third Liverpool asset. I, I can't quite fit him in because of my team structure. Um, but he's the one I would want. Um, and then I'd probably still have Diaz ahead of Darwin for now. Um, but yeah, once Darwin's minutes increase, then I think he would jump ahead of Diaz. So in, with regards to that, do you think there'll be like a perfect game week to start looking at Darwin Nunes? Or is it just a wait and watch and see how Klopp reacts? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think you just have to wait and see sort of 
what Klopp's doing. Um, he he may throw him in this week yeah. um, against Palace. Um, obviously, Palace are quite a quite a physical team at the back, um, and like we spe- said about their sort of set pieces. So Darwin's got obviously a better attacking threat in the air than mm. Firmino, I'd say. So he, he could even be in this week, but I'd want to see him. And I'd also want to see him start a game. Um, yep. It's obviously, it's very different coming on with half an hour to go against tired legs. Yep. It'd be interesting to see how he goes. Um, so I I would say he's on my watch list, but I've got no desires to get him in just yet. Um, my team is kind of set up, so I've got three playing forwards. Yeah. So if if he does come good, then my team is sort of set up and I could get to him with a couple of moves, yep. um, like a four-point hit, and I could create some funds to sort of increase my third third forward, or if Jesus continues blanking, then perhaps move him on. Um, but yeah, I, I'm possibly just waiting for him at the minute rather than saying I need to have him. Yeah, fair enough. For me, I'm thinking he might start this game week just because I'm thinking like um, it's at home for Liverpool and if Klopp wants to integrate a new sign-in, I mean, with the cop right behind him, backing him, it's probably a good time to try and introduce him um, because the following game after that is United and I don't know if Klopp will want to like start him there compared to maybe a much more easier fixture in game week two to like at home. It's, it is written in it yeah. could make himself a cool hero, couldn't he, by oh, scoring he could, against United. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his first start. Uh, and yeah, the way United look, perhaps he, he's got a, a chance there. But mm. yeah, I agree. Sort of playing him at home would be would be ideal. Um, but yeah, I, I think they've got options there. And obviously, Yotta is on his way back as well. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure how long he's, he's still out for, but I know, know he is on his way back. So again, that just adds another sort of complexity in terms of his minutes mm. um so yeah i i would want to see and i'd want to see him sort of starting for a few games on the chop for i made a move for him yeah and no worries with salah even with like because sometimes we've noticed with david Nunes when he's on the pitch he tends to um or salah tends to either go wide quite a bit yeah or they're both almost at the same location would that be yeah, an issue um, it could be a little bit i mean yeah. salah's goal come because he was basically on Darwin's yeah, toes exactly. on Saturday um, and just Darwin slightly miscontrolled it and Salah pounced but I'd never get rid of Salah yeah, he, he's too good he, he's, he's the best player in the league um, yeah he's his first name on my team sheet every year um, so yeah it'd take a lot for me to decide that I can use that, those funds elsewhere mm-hmm. fair enough um, okay so let's move on from Merseyside all the way to London so before the season started, um, there was the talk about the 8 million midfield spot. Um, and I kind of see you you also got Mount as well there in terms of that yeah. spot. Um, but the person who probably stole the show this week, this weekend, was Kulaveski. Um, did he do enough to prove to us that he could be the best 8 million uh, option? I mean, I owned him last year. Yeah. Um, I didn't even consider him this year. Um, obviously, the Richarlison factor um, put minute put doubts over the minutes of all three of him, Kane and Son. Um, I think Richarlison could cover any of them. Um, but then I, I watched some of the Spurs game at the weekend, and he was brilliant. Uh, he was really, really impressive. And as soon as I started watching, I watched him for about ten minutes, and I was like, "Why didn't I even look at this guy?" 
I loved owning him last year. He was really good for me. Um, obviously, he was a bit cheaper last year and easier to get in. Um, but I think, yeah, he's definitely one that I would be, be considering. I think, like I say, I've got Mason Mount at the minute in that eight million midfielder slot. Um, and I really want to use that to sort of try and that's probably going to be the slot that I change the most throughout the season, just looking to attack the fixtures. Um, obviously, the next couple for Spurs aren't great, but then from game week four onwards, um, they've got some really nice fixtures. Yep, so the potential for them, um, definitely. I, I was really impressed with him again on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I saw a stat on match of the day where since his arrival, I think only Kane and Son have scored or assisted more goals than him. So it kind of shows the impact he's had. Um, and yeah. also, given I saw the highlights of Chelsea's game against Everton, they did concede quite a few chances as well. So maybe there could be goals this weekend. Possibly. Yeah, I, I obviously watched Chelsea because of having Mount and hmm. I wasn't that impressed with them. Um, I just I think there might be some changes, but I expect Perisic to play for Spurs next yep. week. I, um, I think sort of it's a big game. He'll want... As much as Conte said about trusting the players he's got, I think he'll trust. He's worked with Perisic before. He knows what he is. He'll definitely trust him. Um, I think he's somebody that can you can use him to almost pin Reece James back. And um, so I think he'll play. So there may be changes to how Tottenham play with potentially his introduction, potentially Matt Doherty as well. Um, but yeah, Kulusevski was brilliant on Saturday, and he'll definitely be sort of in my thinking. Um, probably not this week just because like I said I, yeah. want, I want that slot to target the fixtures um, so I'll probably look elsewhere this week just because although Chelsea were leaky yeah. against Everton they're still Chelsea they're still yeah, one of the better teams in yeah. the league so yeah I'll look elsewhere probably until game week four and yeah. at which point I'll love to get him in yep fair enough um, okay now moving from the 8 million spot to the more budget option in midfield um we had the bandwagons, early bandwagons in terms of before the season started, in terms of Neto and Leon Bay. Both, unfortunately, decided not to have any attacking returns. Uh, however, there were other 5 million to 5.5 million options that did shine. Um, the likes of Drewsbury Hall, even Podence from Wolves. Um, did any of these players catch your eye? Or do we think maybe we should give time for Neto, Leon Bay? Yeah, I think... Uh... At their price point, I'm not going to move them on just yet. Um, I'm, I benched Bailey this week, yep. um, and I, I'll be quite happy to have him as my first sub for a while at, at five million. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm potentially going to look at starting him this week, um, just okay. because they're playing against Everton. Yep. Um, it's out of him and Pereira. Um, I think sort of Bailey having the home fixture is a, a bit more than that, an advantage. Yep. Um, you would think that Villa will be out to prove a point after quite a bad defeat against Bournemouth. And obviously, I know Everton assigned Connor Cody, but their defence is going to be weakened after that injury to Ben Godfrey yeah, um, at the weekend. Mess. Yeah, um, it was a really nasty one, wasn't it? Mm. Um, I think if I had Neto, I'd probably start him as well. Um, again, he's at home, um, which is really, really helpful. Um, there were a few clips floating around on Twitter of him yes. getting into decent positions and, and making some making things happen. So I wouldn't be too disappointed. Um, and I think. As good as Fulham looked on Saturday, I I couldn't bring myself to drop anybody from my team ahead of playing at home to Fulham. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I, I still expect them to be one of the struggling teams this year. Um, 
like I said, they were, they were really impressive on Saturday. But yeah, it's it's that sort of fixture that, especially early on, you, you look to target um, like at home to newly promoted teams. Yeah. Um, but like you say, though, that that bracket did have some really good returns. Yes. I mean, Pascal Gross, Jefferson Lerma, Jeezy mm. Hall, Pedence, and even Josh De Silva getting goal, goals. It's like there's plenty of options, but I think at that price point, you can't expect consistent returns. Yeah, that's true. You just have to hope that you're on the right one at the right time. Um, so I wouldn't sort of need you to get any of them. Yep. Um, the only one I'd potentially be tempted by um, would be De Silva, just because he's that little bit cheaper and he can free up 0.5 or, or a million people. I know he only got half an hour, but yep. he was really highly rated before his injury. You could see sort of how highly regarded he was by his celebrations when when he scored. Everybody seemed like really happy for him, and I would expect his minutes to grow. Um, another another Brentford asset is Keen Keen Lewis Potter. And mm-hmm. um, again, he come on didn't really go have sort of a great return on Saturday, but mm-hmm. uh, he really impressed me at Hull last year. Yeah, um, I think if he could start to get some serious minutes, and he could become like there sort of creative figurehead um but yeah i'd say they're two potentials in the future um but I, i'm probably going to stick with bailey for, for a little bit longer um obviously there's there doesn't seem something quite right at villa yeah um there's the whole tyrone ming situation and switching captains never ideal just before the season and um, so it's something to to look at but i think one week into the season it's I think there's better moves you can make than yeah, fair enough. losing, losing yeah. that sort of 11th player or first sub. Yeah. And also, like you mentioned, Brentford, their fixtures are also pretty kind. Uh, from game week three onwards, I would say they have a good run of fixtures that maybe you could take a chance on if anyone was looking at. Um, even Ivan Tony forward line could be an option. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, because I've got three forwards, he, he's someone that sort of I've considered. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think sort of if De Silva or Potter sort of start starting games, then they're ones that I'd be really interested. I mean, Lewis Potter especially, he was he was probably the best player I saw in the championship last yep, year. Yep. Um, and so hopefully he can make the step up and become an option for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, moving on. So let's talk about the player who had the most attention. So Manchester City beat West Ham um, 0-2 uh, with Haaland being the star of the show. Surely a move from Kane to Haaland, for me at least it seems like a no-brainer. But would that be considered like a knee-jerk reaction? I don't think you can call it a knee-jerk. Um, a lot of people planned planned to make that move already this week. Um, the issue is the price rise. Yeah. So it's, it's forced a lot of people to move already. Yeah. Um, there's obviously still a lot of time to go before the deadline. If, if something happens, then you could end up having to take points here. So whether that's to, if something happens to Haaland, if it, something happens to anybody else in the squad and you need to replace them. Um, yeah, it's you, you might end up taking the points hit in week two, which doesn't seem ideal, especially when you couple it with removing Harry Kane. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I, I don't think I could ever convince myself that taking a hit and removing Kane is a good idea. Mm. Um, but after Sunday and with Bournemouth at home, I couldn't be without Haaland this week. I, yep. I think he's, he's just so soul-mindedly focused on scoring goals. 
he's the best finisher, one of the best finishers in the world. He's coming to the best team in the league. I don't see how he can, can not have him. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, people that will have planned it may not be able to do it now and may need to look look for a different move, whether that's bringing somebody like KDB or someone just to get that Man City coverage. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm glad I started with him. Um, it was... It was a coin toss between Kane and Haaland, but then I don't like booking a transfer yeah, for same. the game. So I like to roll it. So I went with Haaland thinking oh, he's got a chance of scoring against yeah. West Ham. Um, but he impressed me with with just how clinical he was. Yeah. I mean, that sec- second goal, there was no doubt in his mind oh, yeah. that it, that was going in. Was it? As soon as that ball was played, he knew it was a goal. Um, so yeah, I, I'm glad I started with him and I would be doing most think I would possibly stop at having to take a hit, but I think if I if I'd have done Kane, I would have brought Haaland in Sunday night before he tries right. Mm, that's true. For me also like something that I wanted to see mainly from City was playing the ball to Haaland much more quicker than what they did in the committee shield. And they did that in um the game against West Ham. Even like the, the penalty shot was yeah. Gundogan playing the ball as soon as possible to Haaland, which Haaland managed to get on the end of and win that penalty. So that's like promising signs. I know um, Bournemouth did play well in game week one, but this is Manchester City. And I won't be surprised if Haaland does get a couple of returns. Um, now, you mentioned taking a hit might for Kane might not be... Or, well, it depends because it's one, at one side, obviously the game for Spurs is a bit tough. Um, yeah. But we did see Spurs... This Spurs, at least, it seems a bit different. They... They're attacking more. Chelsea, on the other hand, defensively, still not settled, at least I would say. Maybe there is chances that we could see Harry Kane scoring. But it, the question is whether, if you don't have any City coverage, then you probably have a decision to make. Yeah, I think you, you need some coverage for this week. Um, like I say, Harry Kane is world classic. He yeah. can score against anybody. Um, as, as poor as Chelsea were, I thought Thiago Silva had a really good game on. Yeah. On Saturday, so obviously he's coming up against a top top centre half. Uh, but yeah, I I wouldn't. Rem- I think you saw enough from Tottenham and how they mm. play. Um, it's not very often that they score four. And yes. Harry Kane isn't involved. Um, so I, yeah, um, like I said, if it was a if you could do it without, if you've got money in the bank yeah. and you're not having to take a hit, I would do it. But I don't like the thought of taking a hit for Harry Kane because he could. Easy yeah. rock up and score two or three himself. Um, but yeah, you, you need to get some city coverage, whether that's Foden, whether it's KDB, whether it's like at the back with Concello. And mm. um, I, I would want some, at least one or two players in there um, ahead of this game. Yeah, fair enough. I also agree. I think if you can't afford a Harlan, maybe even a Foden isn't a bad option now that we know he's starting as well. Yeah. It could be a really good option before the fixture condition starts. All right. Um, let's now turn our attention towards game week two. Um, let's actually we'll still stay on the topic of like Haaland because let's talk captaincy. Is Haaland the best option or can Salah make a case to retain the armband? Um, I mean, Salah's record against Palace is, is mm. ridiculously good. Yeah. Um, and it's Mo Salah. Um, but I did see a tweet yesterday saying he's never returned in that game week two of any season. So yeah. it's not just in the Premier League, it was the same in Italy. Uh, he's never scored in 
him to I mean it, sh- it shouldn't mean anything no um, it's it, but it's one of those things um that you just have to consider I mean part of my logic captain in last week was he always scores in yep. game week one Fair enough. so if you're going to use that as your logic to captain him why would you ignore it when you're looking at captain this week yeah um like I say it's probably going to make me look at an absolute Morgan going to score a hat-trick against Palace now but yeah his record against Palace is, is brilliant so it can never be a bad decision to captain Seller. Um, but for me, Parlam was always the plan. Um, like I say, he's possibly the best goal scorer in the world. He's joined the best team in the league. He creates lots of chances. He's a great shout for the armband most weeks. Um, adding the fact that it's his home debut, they're against a newly promoted club. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't, but I wouldn't be surprised if some people triple captained him mm. um, just because. Yeah, he, his ownership is going to be high, 180. Yeah, so some people may look at it and think this is this is a chance. Yeah. Um, I couldn't argue against it. I, I don't like playing the trip captain in a single game week, but yeah, you wouldn't be surprised if people did it. Yeah. Um, and if he if he returns, then it could be could be a great thing. I, a couple of years ago, I I trip captain Patrick Bamford, and he got like eight points. Yeah. And um, you, you could easily see you could easily see Harlan getting 15, 16 points this weekend again. Um, and then it's it's not a bad use of your triple captaincy, but yep. I just think it's a little bit too early. I, I like to save my chips for later on in the season. Fair enough. I've seen quite a few managers like play the bench boost in game week one, and some of them have come up the like come on the positive side of it. I personally I don't like to play my chips uh in single game weeks unless there is like unless I'm put into a situation where I have to kind of play it. Uh, but we have seen managers, especially managers who haven't probably played too many seasons, might play a triple captain. And it could work out because there's, it's a promoted, newly promoted team. Haaland, I mean, we know what he's capable of. Playing for the best team in the league, they could return um, a couple goals. I wouldn't put anyone against it, but there are probably better uses later down the line. Uh, yeah, I agree. Usage. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't use it this early. Um, I think it's something that's always nice to have in your pocket. So later on in the season, when you, if you're chasing in your mini leads or you're looking to hang on to that top spot, then mm. it's nice to have that, yeah. that chip there. But yeah, I think with how we looked on Sunday, with hosting Bournemouth, I think some people will will be tempted to press yeah, that um, you were mentioning about Salah's really great record against Crystal Palace. Um, so I've got a tweet from uh, Luis, who is a uh, FPL reactions. So he has mentioned Salah's last matches against Crystal Palace. He returned 12 points, 6 points, 16 points, 11 points, 15 points, 9 points, and 7 points. So at least a goal, yeah. maybe. <laughs> you, you would think that. Yeah. It's just that, that game week two thing just played on my mind. Um, I think if... If Haaland wasn't at home to Bournemouth, then yeah. I'd be more tempted. But yeah, he's he's at home. It's his home debut. They're a newly promoted club. He looked great yeah. on Sunday. Just just go with it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, we so I was going to put this next question forward, but we kind of touched on it as well because with regards to um, I saw Andreas Pereira and he played pretty good for Fulham as well. I would say. And I was wondering whether there could be maybe a case to play him against Wolves uh, with Leon Bay and Neto not playing that well. I think Neto, me personally, I might play Neto over Andres Pereira. Although Leon Bay, I watched the, that one, I watched the highlights. I couldn't tell 
really how well he did because from the highlights, Villa didn't really get too many chances. Yeah, you didn't see him yeah, in exactly. that at all. Um, so yeah, I, I've got Bailey. Yeah. Um, and I've got Pereira, so it's it's deciding between the two of them which one I'm going to play. Uh, sorry, my little voice. Oh, that's <laughs> fine. Got a bit of noise in the background. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I've got I've got Bailey and Pereira. Um, I will probably side with Bailey just because they're at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I say, Pereira was really impressive against Liverpool. Um, he was their most advanced player a lot of the time, and he's on corner and free kicks, yep. which is obviously really nice bonus to have especially at 4.5 million um i think whichever one i don't start will be my first sub yeah, um, so if perisic doesn't play or if something happens then the other one will come in yeah um but i think just for the fact that he's at home um and everton don't strike me as being brilliant this yeah. season either and um, i think that'll just sort of swing it for me um However, Wolves did look quite leaky at the back. So, yeah, there's definitely a decision, but I think it's just in Bailey's favour at the moment for me. Yeah, fair enough. I'd agree. Um, and finally, are there any differentials who you think would perform great this weekend where maybe they could help some managers climb? Yeah, um, I think, obviously, it's quite early to, mm-hmm. to be going mega differentials, yeah. but I think Man City is the game of, to attack if, mm-hmm. if you're looking to. Um, all of their midfield options are, are under 20%, so they, they class them as differentials. Um, and if you get on the right one, then obviously at that low ownership, they could be really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I also quite like Nathan Ake from Man City while Laporte's out. Um, he obviously adds a goal for it. He's 5 million, cheap way into a really good defence. You would expect City to keep clean sheet yep. at the weekend. Um so, yeah, he, he's another shout he could go for. Um, away from Man City, though, I also like the look of Patrick Bamford. Uh, I mentioned him earlier. Um, but I thought he, he looked really sharp on, on Saturday in the highlights I saw. He obviously got an assist. He, he had a really good header, which would say he probably should have scored. Um, while Southampton looked awful on, on Saturday at the back. Um it is tricky to get in at 7.5 million, um, especially with a lot of teams sort of going for that 4.5 as their third striker. So you potentially have to remove Jesus for him. Um, but if, you're, if your team structure is similar to mine, you've got three playing forwards, then obviously 1.5 ownership at the minute, it, it could be a real good chance to sort of jump on. You know, he's the sort of player that once he scores one, he tends to go on a few runs. And so it could be decent for the next few weeks if he was to carry on how he looks on, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, I've got Nathan Ake, so I won't mind like a cheeky assist or even a goal yeah. from him. <laughs> he was on bonus points until I think where he had a shot off target, which bought Cancel ah, back on bonus points. Well. <laughs> so we'll see. So, yeah. Maybe, maybe. But yeah, he, he does seem to pop up with the odd goal. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's well worth sort of looking into if you've got that five million spot in defence I quite like. Um, and it's another that you could potentially use like that eight million to target fixtures. Um, and yeah, he'd be the pick of it for the, this week for me. Yep, fair enough. Um, and let's end it off with, I've got, I asked the community for some quick fire questions. Um, and I've got a couple for you. I think you've already seen okay. them, but I'll ask them anyways. Um, the first comes from Chris Heppel and he asked, Drewsbury Hall or Anansen as best day replacement? So I've got Aronson in my fan tracks team. Yeah. Um, 
and I lost the game because it wasn't given him in the goal. Um, yeah, I I still can't work out if he touched it or not. Yeah. Um, but obviously, if he pulled it, if he had, then I've got the points, and that would have won, won my game this week. Yeah. Um, with Jewsbury Hall, I think he's a very good player. He pressed it towards the end of last mm-hmm. season. There's just something at Leicester that I'm not sure at the minute. Um, obviously, there's Shemichael's left. There's been nobody coming in. There's rumours about Madison, about Barnes, about Bardi, about Fafana. And I'd be reluctant to go with any of their assets yep. at the minute. So, yep. yeah, I'll probably H on Aronson for that. Yep, fair enough. I'd agree as well. You look pretty good and very attacking um, from what I've seen. Yeah. And Leeds in general were very attacking. So we'll see if they continue with that. But I would agree with him as well. Um, next up from FPL Sidenet, uh, Pete has said, um, if you had to choose between Madison or Callum Wilson to hold for the whole season, who would it be? I mean, Pete's stitching me up here, isn't he? He, 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 <laughs> he knows that I, I love both of those guys. Yeah. Um, obviously they both come to, to the Coventry Academy who I support. Um, yeah, absolutely love both of them. I mean, technically I've, I've only got Wilson at the minute. Yeah. And so it was actually talking to Pete the other day that maybe choose Mason Mount over Madison. Mm. And so, but I think Madison simply because he seems to be less injury prone than Wilson. Yes. If, if Wilson could stay fit all season, then he wouldn't leave my team. I think he's brilliant. I think he's one of England's best strikers. I'd want him going, I'd, I'd want him going to the World Cup if he's fit. Um, and I think the way Newcastle play is made for him. Yeah. Um, and he's sort of, He's really sort of embraced being being that famous Newcastle number nine. Um, so yeah, if he could stay fit, it'd be him. Um, it, but it's probably not. So it'd probably be Madison. Yeah. Despite my sort of Leicester doubts that I mentioned for years before. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, Pete will be coming in a few weeks, so maybe there might be um, oh, yeah, a opportunity <laughs> to get back at him. <laughs> um, okay. So having said all of that, um, thank you, Brett, uh, for joining us today. Um, that's it for this week's Scout the Game Week. I'll be back next time to look back on Game Week 2 and head to Game Week 3. Green and to everyone. Uh, Brett, do you have anything to plug? Um, just the social. So I'm FPL Shake and Bake on Twitter and Instagram. Um, give me a follow, give me a like, have a look at my blog and see. I always welcome feedback. Um, and then obviously I've got a mini league, which you're a member of, Ryan, yep. but obviously more people the better yeah fair enough all right looking forward to um game week two um green arrows to everyone and peace out cheers man